Howdy, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, Katie and I are going to be discussing a topic that comes and goes in our home, depending on the season of life we are in and depending on the challenges that we are facing, and then also depending on whether or not outside voices bring this topic into our home. And the topic is when and how can we form our own family apart from our Okay, just as Katie, can you help me say this? When, no, no, <laughs> on the edge of my seat. I wanted you to do the intro because I didn't have a title. I got this statement. I got this. When, how can you graciously yet assertively pull away from your families to form your own family once you are married and having children and whatnot? How do you leave and cleave? In other words, there um, you go. Just pull out the old King James. Yeah, I, I think when in doubt, we always pull out the King James. <laughs> Anyways, Katie and I are going to be talking about that, and then we're also going to be talking about how much we appreciate you guys because of all the ratings and the reviews you guys have left on iTunes. Uh, Seriously, that means so much to Katie and I, so thank you. And also, if you do ever... Excuse me. Wow. Unprofessional. (laughs) It's not going to be the first unprofessional thing that's ever happened on the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Nor the last. But if you do ever watch our podcast on YouTube, if you're watching it right now, would you please like the video and then also subscribe to our channel because that helps boost us in the YouTube magic rhythms or what is it called? Algorithms. (laughs) Yeah. And exposes us to more people. So if you want us to be seen by more people or heard by more people, um, that would mean so much to us if you liked it or shared it or even or yeah, liked it or subscribed or if you share it also, we like that too. Wow. Wow, I know that's a lot of things. <laughs> that's a lot of for. things. One of you guys left a comment, which was so sweet. And you were like, how do I leave a rating or a review on the app? And you asked if we could do a screenshot or something of it. And honestly, that sounds like a great idea. Like neither of us have been on the podcast app for forever because of our lack of smartphones and app usage. Uh, so I don't even know, like the old school way would be like scroll down to the bottom of the show and there should be little stars and little a place where you could read other people's ratings and you could click leave a rating, but it might be totally different now. So I don't really know what to tell you, but it means a lot that you thought about it because yes. I know it's a lot of effort and time and stuff. And we all have busy lives. So no sweat <laughs> if you can't figure out how to do it. All right, let's get rolling. The now that we're a family... Okay, so before you jump in, Elisha, I want to address the cotton sticking out of your ear, the oh, muslin. Yes, Because that has right. really affected our life that past. It has, but I'm glad you brought it up because I've gotten to the point of forgetting that it's there. No it's, way. Yeah, I have. Like, I'll go to scratch my ear sometimes and I'll be like, oh, that's, that's sensitive. Why is that sensitive? And then I remember why. But yeah, it's really an un... I don't know. It's not that exciting. I just... Well, it is, okay? Because okay. Elisha comes home and his ear... You know what a cauliflower ear is? Like if you Google cauliflower ear, it's like the classic wrestler's ear that ultimately, I guess it gets pummeled so much and blood fills up in there. And so it gets this really like bulbousy look and then it hardens and then you're just stuck with that shape in your ear. Yeah. So... Elisha doesn't like do MMA or whatever. That's not his career. And so he shouldn't have an ear that looks like that, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Stressful. So he came home. It was a little bit. And we both talked ourselves into being like, this isn't that big of a deal, right? Yes. Then he goes, 
he wakes up one morning and you guys, he could not fit like an earbud in it. Mm. He couldn't Q-tip his ear. It is fully swollen. The whole center of his ear is like a big round mushroom sticking out into the outside of his mm. ear. It was gnarly. And we both looked at each other and we're like, okay, we need to like stop everything in our lives to get this thing fixed. Yeah, because if you don't do anything about it, like Katie says, You have it, like two days. I don't know what the time frame is because with the inside one, I that was like 14 days later and they were still able to... Well, yeah, I guess he cut it out. Yeah, that's a good point. But I didn't want it to harden and for it to be just like a deformity there forever. Because like Katie said, I feel like if I you can, you can rock that look if you can like back it up. I feel like if you really are like a rough and tumble fighter, then your ears can look however you want them to look and you can live a really good life that way. But I, I don't want to have to back up any cauliflower ears or <laughs> He doesn't want anyone sort. like coming up to him on the street and wanting to fight him. Well, maybe he does, but I don't. I don't know. But see, that's the other, that's the thing. Cause like when I see cauliflower ears, the last thing I'm going to do is like, I'm going to cross to the other side of the street. Yeah. And but so, I feel like someone who's wanting to pick a fight will be like, Hey, like I'm going to go over to that guy. Cause he'll probably give me what I'm looking for. Cause he's wanting to test out his skills. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like actually I would have had a higher chance of avoiding physical confrontations. Yeah. With no, the I agree with your theory. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate. Yeah. The point is, is that neither Katie or I wanted to live with me with that, wanted to live with that ear. Like it was not looking good. It was, yeah, it was going to cause like hearing loss. I don't know. <laughs> so anyways, the, our first, the first solution that we thought of was just getting a, a needle and like a syringe and draining it ourselves. You guys, these are big needles. Like they have giant holes in them. Oh, it like, it was grossing me out to do it. And we couldn't get any over-the-counter needles, which, you know, makes sense. And so I Googled it and found that at the tractor supply store, they sold like veterinary needles that were size 16, 18, and 20 gauge. So now we have a ton of needles up in our medicine cabinet and looks like we have some struggles here in this house, <laughs> which we do, but they aren't what they look like. Anyways, so then Elisha's like, Katie, you got to drain my ear. So I watch all these YouTube videos, look super basic. You put the needle in and then you pull the syringe out and it sucks the blood and the fluid out. Kate, well, I don't know if like animal blood is different than human blood or what, you know, cause maybe that affected the syringe. I don't know. I don't know either. All I know is I stabbed this gigantic needle in Elisha's tender swollen ear and pull the syringe and no blood comes out. Yeah. Do you guys know why this would be happening? I still don't know why this is happening. We did it three times. So we tried different, a yeah, different and you got syringe. it in there deep. Like, oh yeah, I was like, maybe it's not in deep enough. I mean, I'm jamming this thing in. Anyways, it, when I pull the needle out, blood spurts out. So that was a bummer. Anyways, so we're like, okay, we need to take it to the doctor. The tractor supply store isn't cutting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so anyways, I just went to an urgent care and they just like, made a small incision and they drained both of the places that were big time swollen Blood and pools. Yeah, exactly. And then they wrapped it and then the doctor was like, you know, that's probably going to fill up again because we can't keep enough pressure on it. He's like, you have to keep constant pressure. So that was kind of discouraging. So he wraps his head like a mummy and we have to go over to, no, we have to, but we were scheduled to go over to someone's house for dinner that night and we really wanted to go. And so Elisha was a good sport and he went wrapped like a total mummy head with toilet paper around his head. Yeah, it wasn't toilet paper, but <laughs> it could have been. 
anyways, that did not work. It filled right back up. And, uh, and my ear really hurt at this point because Katie had stabbed it a whole bunch of times and this doctor cut a hole in it. And then it hurt, it hurt even before that because of the like inflammation. And then, um, so then finally I went to a specialist that's like an actual ear doctor person. And, uh, he made another incision, drained it, but then he put stitches in it. There's stitches all the way in the back of his ear. Like he went all the way through his ear and back out. So that's where I'm currently at. And I, I feel like this is doing the trick because I would be able to tell if it's like filling up again and you can tell it's Yeah, nice. yeah, it yeah. looks good. I was so relieved, you guys. He came home and his ear looked like an ear <clears throat> minus the cotton sticking out of it. Okay, so wow, that was a long introduction. You think? It, yeah, was, I think a it was a story <laughs> worth telling. No, I don't know. It really affected our lives this week. That's all I'm going to say. Because like Elisha wasn't sleeping. He's in pain all week long. It was a hard week. It hurt so bad after I got the the last time the stitches because he had made a cut. He he numbed it like but even that was the hurt because he like had to, you know, shoot the numbing medicine in like on four different spots around my ear. So that kind of hurt. Then he made the incision. They put the stitches in. But by the time the numbing went away it hurt so bad from like the stitches and could go because it went, like you said, it went all the way through like the yeah, back Elisha's of my ear. Like I was trying not to cry and my forehead's just like beating with sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think in the 21st century, like we don't have to feel pain if we don't want yeah, to. It's crazy. It's kind of what I think. Anyways. So it's funny how little things when they can like make a big impact on your life. Yes. Okay. So Elisha, what do you want to say about this? Yeah, well, Katie and I have talked about the different times in our lives where we feel like it was almost like a, a watershed moment, so to speak, where we made a, a decision that was different than how we were brought up. Um, and either our families were ultra supportive of it or they kind of s- stepped back and, and observed skeptically. And neither of our families, I think, have a propensity to overstep boundaries at all, but they still care and they still have a strong mm-hmm. culture. Um, and I think that whether or not they are proactively trying to keep us in the fold or keep us a part of a specific tradition, just the the pressure of highly effective and highly influential families is felt by you and I. And we both come mm-hmm. from, um, yeah, I don't know, big families with strong cultures. Yeah, no parents are perfect. I mean, there's not like this perfect line to follow when it's like you have adult kids and their kids and you want to still encourage them and speak into their lives, but you don't want to overstep. Like that is such a fine line Mm. and no one's perfect in that. You know, I think that, I think there's a chance for a parent to be too standoffish and a chance for parents to like overstep and then be like, oh man, like we had your best interest at heart. We didn't mean to overstep, you know? So I think that happens in every relationship because, because relationship is not this clear. You can check the box, whatever, and you just get it right. It's, it's kind of gray and fuzzy. And sometimes you don't know you've overstepped until later. Yeah. And we're definitely not here to speak on how parents can better encourage their kids to leave and cleave because we've no. not been in that position at no. all. And like you said, I don't know if there's like a, we've just experienced it. I think on we've the experienced other end, like yeah. really good support, like incredible support. And then we've experienced sometimes where we're like, Hey, like, this is our family. We're going to do our own thing, you know, like having this little like independent streak. And then, um, I don't know, we've obviously had a little bit of conflict here and there. And I think all that's healthy and that's all part of relationship. So I I don't want to say like we haven't had any experience ever with like boundaries just staying perfectly clear all the time. Yeah. It's something we navigate. It's something our parents navigate with us on both sides. Yeah. They're so gracious. Yes. And I think that 
issues that are are big issues because I don't think pe- like you're at least for us our our families my, your in my in laws or your in laws they weren't real concerned on you know maybe like the type of car I was driving or they weren't real concerned on like the number of times we'd eat out per week. But the areas that they were probably concerned on are probably common amongst families. And that is, um, how are your parenting their grandchildren or your children or your, you know, the nieces and nephews of your brothers and sisters? Um, what you're doing for church and where you're at in like your Christian faith and who you're choosing to fellowship with, I think what you're doing for a career mm-hmm. and then where you, where you choose to live, mm-hmm. I think those are some common areas of life that it's easy to feel pressure from your, from your family, from your parents or from your in-laws, whether that's very overt pressure where they're telling you like, Hey, you got to get a different career or they're saying, Hey, you should move away or Hey, you should move close to us or you should not be going to church there. Or if you just kind of sense the lack of support, like yeah, a lot maybe of times you just like feel it. And like, I just don't want to bring it up because I just am not feeling like it's a good space to do that right now. Yeah. And, and so I think that those are probably issues that you and I have both felt maybe a lack of support in what we've cho- chosen to do for work at different times where we've chosen at to different live. times. This isn't like yeah. overarching. And I wouldn't say anything currently. No, no. Like, I, I think we don't feel like, any... I feel like both our parents listen to this podcast. So I want you guys to know you guys are awesome. We're just, we're like taking our last six years as a whole. And it's like, okay, where have we maybe felt this here and there and yeah. our And then in addition to that, I feel like it's common conversation amongst people our age. Like whenever we have people over for dinner or we go to other people's house for dinner or we're small talking after church, I feel like in-laws, it it comes up a lot, whether it's the feeling of of pressure for doing school a certain way or the feeling of pressure for where they're living or what they're doing for work. And that's like even within like, oh, you're all homeschooling or you're all, you know, public schooling or whatever. Like those pressures, it's not like there's all these black and white categories even with that. There's nuance in that. Oh, yeah, because I think that the pressure can become all the more greater if you've got like unbelieving parents, people that are not Christian and you're Christians. Well, I was saying even in a family where maybe all the kids are like, like in our family, so far, all the kids are choosing to homeschool, but there yes. can still be conflict with what age you're starting your kid at school or how um, rigorous you're being with your child or not, or you know sure. what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And just different, different opinions yeah. on all of that. And so Katie, I just kind of wanted to walk through some of the different stages we've been through and some of the decisions we've made, because this is the other thing too. I think when most people are having this conversation, I want to trust that you want to maintain a healthy relationship with your family, with Mm -hmm. your in-laws, and you don't just want to sever ties altogether because life is long. Like sometimes that seems like the easiest route in In the the moment moment where you're like, boy, if we could just, you know, pack up and move away and never have to talk to them again, or we only have to talk to them once a year, it's like, that's a really that's a huge deal. And life is so long. Like those re- and those relationships aren't going anywhere. Those family relationships are going to be around. And so it's so worth making every effort you can to maintain a healthy relationship all while still making the decision that's best for your family and leaving and cleaving or forming your own identity um, or creating your own culture in your, in your home. Um, and I, again, I don't think Katie and I have done this perfectly at all, but we do feel really grateful for the grace and mercy shown to us by our parents and where we are currently at in our relationship with them 
even after making some decisions that maybe were abrasive, they were um, spur the moment, they were dramatic, but we felt like it was best for our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is all... Come, like the whole reason we're choosing to do this podcast is we've gotten asked this question a couple times this week. And so we just thought we would talk it out here on the podcast. It's not something that we're currently working through ourselves. I think sometimes we talk about things or, you know, you guys know we're, that we're currently going through and this isn't one of those things, but it is something that we've had some experience with. So if you guys know, like Elisha's family's background, we're the only child out of his there's 10 kids in the Votberg family and we're the only ones that don't live within five miles of this, like all in the same town. They're all in the same town. Um, and so that's kind of a decision. One decision we've made, I guess I won't go into that a little bit more. And then there have been things that we've chosen to do differently than our family too. Than your family. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to like, collect my thoughts around all of this, <laughs> like real time. Um, what was your question? Well, I, I don't know if I even asked you a question. I was just saying I wanted to walk through some of the different areas that we felt like we had to be decisive on and assertive oh, yeah. on. And a lot of the questions we're getting are kind of around how do you, how do you draw boundaries or how do yes. you, how do you say no when you feel so much pressure from the in-laws or from your family to be at events and to be a part of their life or to go to church with them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think the first thing that you have to do is you have to know what is better for your family. I think a lot of people will get in this uh, kind of like gray area where they're like, "Ah, I don't like this, but they don't even know where to go. They don't. And so Mm -hmm. and you see a lot of people just cut off and then they are isolated with no better with not a better alternative. And, yes. and I think that Katie and I, every time we've made a dramatic decision, we knew where we were going and what the other thing was. And I think that makes it far easier too to present it to your family. Um, for instance, the scenario of, of leaving their church and you say, Hey, we're really excited because of the community that's over here. They've got so many kids, families that are schooling their kids the same way we are schooling. And I really feel like I need support in that area whatever the scenario is. Yeah, I think it's really helpful. Like we've never gone to church with our families, even when we've lived in the same towns. Um, And I think that it was just something that if you can present why you're doing something and it's not anti them, you know, you can present the pros of the situation for your family. They want what's best for your family. And in most cases. And so when you're able to say, Hey, these are all the reasons we're going over here. Um, then they can say, oh, well, I see how they see that's a win. And then the threat of the threat goes down where they might instantly jump to they're choosing another church just so they don't go to church with us. And depending on the family situation, maybe that's why you're choosing another church. But it's not how you go to present it to your family. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't want to ever say something like that. And in our cases, why we were going to different churches is I think we just like we wanted to have some of our friends that were our friends that were like our own, you know, people that we met, maybe it was like, we enjoyed the teaching over here yeah. or, you know, we were able to, yeah, just give various reasons of why it was a win for our family. And I think that that can help soften the blow because when we put ourselves in someone else's shoes, then we want to look at it from their eyes. Like, how are they going to perceive this? Hmm. Is it like we're trying to get away from them? Cause it's not what, how we want them to perceive this. Cause yes. it's not the truth, you know? Absolutely. And I, and I think that, you know, something that Katie and I have always, and we've probably talked about this a lot is that we, 
we oftentimes do look at the circumstances and we and we question very early on when we're facing a challenge, we question whether or not we can change the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Like what's, what is in our control? And a lot of times, you know, I think it's easy to adopt an attitude of like, well, I just need to sort out the dynamic here through conversation, through, um, through kind of muscling it out and enduring this. But a lot of times I think that you can actually just change the circumstances by doing just that being like, Oh, we're going to go to a different, we're changing the environment that we're, in right now. Yeah. So I think there's really two ways to do it. Like you're saying, if you're feeling like, okay, the boundaries aren't being very clear with family, then you can either have a conversation, say, Hey, these are the clear boundaries. This is what we're sticking to. Or you could take yourself out of that environment and just make it. So it's not even a conversation because you can't make it to the, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday event. And your kids can't sleep over at their cousins because if you just, can't because you live in a new state, Mm -hmm. you know, so you just, but you don't want to run away from your troubles too. And that's where you have only, you're going to know your situation Yeah, because, because both things are important. That's right. Sometimes you have to stick it out. Exactly. And you know, you bring that up, Katie, I think that's another area that we've heard this brought up a lot in recently via people asking questions is, is like, Oh, how do we say no to overnight overnighters at their cousin's house? Cause they, you know, they end up watching movies I'm not comfortable with, or they've got smartphones, they're on social media. You're not just comfor- not comfortable with the influence, maybe the way they treat it. Yeah. And I don't know how to say no without hurting my spouse's feelings or whatever it is. Um, and first off, you know, the big picture, if you feel like there's something that's truly dangerous for your child, then hurt just like who, who would you rather, <laughs> would you Her rather feelings you, are a small price? They to pay. are a small price to pay. Very small. Price and, to pay. and again, life is, like I said, life is long. And hurt feelings this month or for the next six months could in two years become totally renewed and, and they could have, there could be so much respect and so much newness in that. Oh, I should have talked about this. If we're saying no in a clear area and there's going to be hurt feelings, it's just like, well, sorry, this is like black and white better for our child. We feel very strongly in this area, but between ourselves, we talk, okay, how can we make this person feel loved and let them know it's not them. It's just the decision we're making. Like, like we aren't anti the relationship. So how can we write them a letter? How can we send them a gift? How can we show up in another way for this relationship? Mm. And we're okay with the hurt feelings because that's what we had to pay, but we don't want it to be a broken relationship. So if it's a little sore, okay, but how can we like nurture that back to health Yes. in a, in other ways while keeping our very clear boundary? And I think that that's a great perspective to have with parents too, where it's like, okay, I want to have a good relationship with my parents, but I'm drawing this hard boundary here because this is what's healthy for our family. Uh, but how can we still show them that we love them and that we care and be proactive in those areas? Yeah. And again, as time goes on, I think I'm grateful that this is the way, because I am so much like by nature, such a people pleaser. I really, I don't like conflict and confrontation. And so I, I'm definitely guilty of just saying what people hear sometimes in, in in an environment, um, and maybe being disingenuous at times. And I was nervous when it came to parenting, like, okay, am I going to let that cross? Cause it's actually affected our marriage at times where Katie and I are together and I'm saying things and Katie's looking at me like, what are you talking about? And I'm just trying to appease the people in the room. And it's been, it's been harmful to our marriage and I want to grow in that area. And I think we oh, have, yeah, definitely. Gr- gr- I've grown in that area, but there, a huge fear of mine was like, boy, am I going to be able and willing to make hard decisions for the safety and the protection and the well-being of my children, even if it means 
embarrassing uh, a peer or making somebody feel bad or making them think that I'm uncomfortable with their standards or that they might be a bad influence on my, that, that, that I think that they might be a bad influence on my child. And I do think that the Lord has given me one, just a ton of like protective instincts towards my children where I'm like, man, I, I don't, I don't want to sever friendships and hurt relationships, but I truly do want what's best for my children above pretty much everything else. Like, it's like, I've got my conscience and my walk with the Lord. I've got my wife and I've got my children, but it's certainly like there is a huge step down on priority when it comes to who I'm trying to serve and who I'm responsible for. And I think that the more you can have, yeah, the responsibility piece. And the more you can have that clarity with your own family, I think it should make those decisions easier, whether they're changing the circumstances, whether it's having those hard conversations, when you are able to say, wait a second, what is, what is hurting my family now? Or what could potentially hurt my family? What's better for my family? And having that clear, like hierarchy of who comes first really should make most, I think, of these decisions simple and and easy. Yeah, I think... Not easy, but simple. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I can speak from experience from this as a child. So with my relatives growing up, like we were the only kids that didn't do sleepovers. We were the only kids that didn't get a go with my uncle uh, places alone or my uncles alone. Uh, when all the other cousins were going with them, we were the only ones that, um, yeah, we just, we just couldn't do the girls nights. We couldn't do, uh, watch the movies or even like things like when all the girl cousins like are getting together to like paint their nails or do makeup. Uh, my parents really delayed that for us. And so that was something we didn't participate in or movie nights. We didn't do movie nights. There's like all these things that made us really the oddball cousins growing up. And our cousins were not our best friends for a huge chunk of life. And, um, and I, I can only imagine I knew, a little bit of the conflict that my parents had, but yeah, people feel judged when you're not letting your kids participate in the things that they're saying are okay for their kids. Even if you aren't saying that hmm. they, they're going to feel that way. And, um, but that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is your, your kids. And so in my instance, yeah, we were the oddballs. Um, I think everyone thought we were going to turn out like really strange. And then it's awesome because now I'm super close friends with so many of my cousins Hmm. as adults. And my parents maintained all those relationships with their relatives as well. Um, but it was just like, there was just a little differing of parenting opinions there. And the, our paths went differently. My parents did what they felt was best for their kids. My aunts and uncles made those decisions for their kids and it all works itself out because when you care about the relationship over time, you can prove to that person that you care about the relationship. And I think it's important to have two pieces when you're making these really hard decisions for your family, it hurts in the moment, all kinds of relationship stuff hurts in the moment, but in the end, it's so much richer and fuller and sweeter. And people can really respect you more Mm -hmm. when you hold, when you stick to your guns, um, but you can still love and be gracious. Mm. Yeah, I think that's so true, Katie. And it is such a cool example of there being some tension in the moment, there being some, yeah, maybe pressure and maybe even disappointment from from cousins and from aunts and uncles. But in the long, but but they're not being this dramatic severed. No, like, like 
we aren't talking to you or yeah. my kids not talking to your kid. Of course. And your parents weren't, they, they didn't say, no, our kids aren't coming to the movie night because we don't want our kids to no. end up like your kids. You know, they're not, they're no. not making dramatic, hurtful statements. Well, yeah. And stuff like that. It's not even like the case. It was just like, our kids aren't going to the movie night because we're taking them home, putting them to bed. It's yeah. like, they don't, they don't need an explanation. Like if yes. someone pushes you on that, it's not like it's their right to know why you're making that decision. It's just like, oh, this is the decision I'm making for my kid. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to go into detail and, or make them feel bad about it. Yeah, or exactly. Choosing, you know, bad about their decision for the movie night or whatever. Exactly. Um, but something that I also think about, Katie, is in I know that I'm I've become such a fan of seeing if you can change the circumstances, because I think I lived a lot of my life not even questioning whether or not you could, I, I didn't think that was an option. I thought these, if it's a relational issue or if it's an emotional, then you've got to work through it. You've got to have the hard conversations and come to an agreement. And obviously like in the context of a marriage, you can't like change the circumstance of who you're married to, or you can't just be like, okay, well, I'm going to live in a different house than you. I know people do that, but that's not what that's, we, we want a healthy marriage. Like we want <laughs> to work through our, our, uh, our, our relational struggles and our differences. And so we work through that. But then there are other things, whether it's like the job that you're working at. And it's like, this job is really hard for me. I just got to work through it. I got to figure it out. And it's like, or not like, or you could look at a different job. You could look at a totally different career. And I know it's easy for a guy like me to say this because I, I didn't, I've never really had a traditional career where I put a lot of time into schooling and into, you know, building up to my, my place in the business or in the company. Um, but at the same time, I have experienced just starting over a bunch of times, starting over jobs, starting over businesses, and we've made dramatic decisions in regards in, in those areas for the well-being of our family. And it sounds like this is a, a sidetrack from, you know, forming your own family apart from your family. But I think it goes hand in hand and that we have a lot of these, um, these, mental roadblocks where we'll think like, this is an unchangeable, like we can't, we can't leave this church because fill in the blank, or we can't move away because of fill in the blank, or we can't whatever, not go to this family reunion. Cause we always, this is like, we can't not go there. And it's like, I, I just really like challenging those, those statements yeah, and those assumptions. assumptions. And you and I do that on a regular basis. And if we're able to find a way to change the circumstances of this thing that is a huge challenge to our family, then we do that. And I think that being creative is really helpful in those areas. And then also, like I said, having a definitive outline of what the priorities are in your life. Like is money before your children? Is Are your in-laws before your children? Are, is your church community before your children is like, like popularity or no conflict. Yes, exactly. Is your exactly saving your own saving face for yourself, you know, like being not, not rocking the boat. Is that coming before your children? And when you're honest in all those decisions, man, that car alarm's really going. I don't know if you, can, if you guys can hear it a lot. Uh, sometimes these mics don't pick up the noise as much as. Yeah. Do you guys hear that now? <laughs> I thought you were just stopping. No. Because <laughs> that alarm isn't stopping. Are we just going to talk through it? May as well. Okay. Yeah. I'm going a little crazy. Okay, it stopped. So two things come to... Well, 
had a little startup there. <laughs> Two things come to mind when you're talking. One is a statement my mom always says and always said growing up, and that's you've got to say no to the good so you can say yes to the best. Mm-hmm. You have to say no to the good to say yes to, to the best. And I think sometimes when we don't want change or we don't want, it's like a hard decision or we're uncomfortable, then we just look at what's good in it and we're like, well, this is good. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to stay in it and I'm going to deal with the pain that it's causing instead of being like, well, is there something that's better? Is mm-hmm. there a best situation out there where, um, we can maybe be a little bit further away from family. And then when we do go, we can really plug in and feel like we're totally present. Um, but meanwhile, we have a month or two where we're just pouring into our own family culture and we aren't worrying about pressures mm. or something like that. Um, and so I think that that's something that's important to keep in mind. And then the other thing, Well, I think even along those lines, Katie, I think that happens a lot in church situations too, where there's like, so like, ah, this is, this one thing is so good. Like we couldn't replace these friends that the kids have, but the teachings getting really, we're not really excited about where the teaching's going. We're not thrilled with whatever the leadership we, we aren't, you know, whatever we, we can't necessarily get behind everything the church is standing for, but this one thing is so good. And it's like, oh man, like there comes a point where you're like, I think we can actually do better. Like we can, we can have healthy friendships for our kiddos and be in a church whose doctrine we align with and whose leadership we respect and feel like we can come under. Um, and we can, we can go out and make that decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think something else that sticks in my mind is you mentioned pressure, uh, feeling pressure. And I think if we're ever making a decision out of pressure, it's probably not a good decision. Because that means if we're feeling pressure, it means it's going against what our natural gut instinct is for our kids. Because otherwise we wouldn't feel pressure with it. We just feel like this is awesome. You know, like, like when this wave of enthusiasm towards like, okay, say all the kids, all the cousins are like playing a soccer league or something. And this wave of enthusiasm is coming and it's like, you need to put your kids in the soccer league. And I'm like, that's such a great idea. I don't feel pressure for that. I'm just stoked. Hmm. But say, I don't think that's a good idea. Or Elisha and I don't think we want the kids doing that. Then I feel pressure. Hmm. And all that enthusiasm makes me feel pressure. So I think that any time we're feeling pressure, we need to be very wary about making that decision. Because if we're just making it out of pressure, most, most likely there's our ego or there's just not wanting to deal with conflict or there's fear or there's something at mm. the root of that. Wow. You're so right. Fear. Yeah. There's the whole FOMO. There's the fear of hurting the relationship. There's, yeah. there's the fear of, of, yeah, like not. Yeah. I think you're so right, Katie. That like, like, I don't know when feeling pressure has been a good thing aside from maybe if it's like taking you outside of your comfort zone. But that's like self-induced kind of like, Hey, like this is really good for our family. Like we've come to the agreement that we need to join a small group. Okay. We don't know these families. It's hard to do or something like that. It's like, man, we're giving up an evening of our week. That's different. We're yeah. Cause it's like, we feel like that's best for our family. And so we have this kind of like sick feeling in your stomach or something like that. Yes. And it's not this, we're not getting pressured by somebody else. It's not somebody else that's like guilting us into, joining the small group, but we're like, man, we feel like this is really good. We need to do this for our family. But then we're starting to feel a little bit of that, that stress, I guess, or that nervousness. Yeah. And I think when we've made decisions for our family, even like, okay, moving over here to Idaho, it's like, it is really, really good on Voteberg Hill over there. 
you know? Oh, my family's yeah. living situation. <laughs> yeah. Family's Hill. A lot of them live on the same property. We see the cousins all play together. They have a blast. Our kids are in hog heaven. Anytime we go over, we love hanging out with his siblings. We love his parents. And we're just like, this is so good. But did we feel like it was absolute best for our family? It's like, no, we, we just didn't feel like it was, even though it's so good and it's so rich. And we still like, you know, we still might end up there someday because yeah. <laughs> it is so good. Yeah, Never say never. But, yeah. yeah. But, um, as far as the best situation for this stage in life and just what we felt like we needed to focus on, um, we just felt like, you know what, it's healthier for us to live here and then be able to go over and just hang out when we go visit. And, um, that didn't come through any conflict of relationship or anything. It was just what we felt was best for our family. But I think we both had some fear in that because it's like, well, what are, what are your siblings going to think? Or what are your parents going to think? You know, we don't want them to think like, like it's kind of awkward a little bit being the one family that lives away. Um, and it's, we want them to know, like we love them and we care and we want to hang out with you guys. But for whatever reason, this is just like what's best for us in this season. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think there was definitely some worry there and, you know, praise the Lord. He was able to preserve all the relationships and everyone was able to understand where we were coming from and, and be supportive and come visit us and, and stuff like that. So it really worked out, but, um, I don't know, ultimately, like you've got to do what you need to do for your family or you're going to look back and be bummed out. Mm. And yeah. like only you're to blame. I think that's it. I think we want to point fingers to our family maybe and be like, they're making us feel pressure. But if we're making the decision, we're to blame. Yeah. And I, wow. Or that's like so, if we're making a decision, we regret later. That's so sobering. And I don't, I've made decisions for our family being, feeling that pressure that you're talking about where it's like this, I, I don't, this wouldn't be my choice for my family, but I just think for now we need to fill in the blank, mm-hmm. and I and I think I think parents do this all the time in regards to church, in regards to their children's education, um, feeling pressured to go to a certain school or to you guys versus like what they know is best for their children in the long mm-hmm. run. And it's like, man, you are going to live with those decisions, yeah, long term, and it's your it's your own children here that you're responsible for, and that's the other thing too is that you you're in-laws or your parents or they're not actually not responsible for your children. You are Mm -hmm. like they're, you're the one that has to live with the decisions of your children. Do they love them? Of course. Do they want what's best for them? Absolutely. But you are the one that's responsible for them and you've got to be confident in that and your decision-making. And honestly, I do think too, do our parents and do our in-laws have wisdom that we don't have? They totally do. Should we seek wisdom from people that have more experience? Absolutely. But I don't think anybody has the insight and intuition into their children's life like the parents do. Mm-hmm. And so even though I feel like it's the greatest privilege and asset to have godly parents who are our children's grandparents. You know, parents who really care and want to yeah, be involved wanna be, and want to be invested. Like that's a, that's a blessing that your parents care. Yeah. Ultimately, I feel like we know what's best for our children when it mm-hmm. comes down to comes time for the decision, making the decision to be made. And that, of course we seek counsel and we're grateful and we want to Well, always- Yeah. That's something I wanted to actually touch on, not even as an, of course, because I think it's really easy to, uh, we see this in the Proverbs. Is it? No, it's not in the Proverbs. It's like in first Kings or something. And you guys have to tell me, but there's this young King. He gets into his 
king chair. And he seeks advice from his dad's advisors. And they all tell him, hey, you need to be really lenient on the people that are serving you. This is in the Bible. Did I say that? Yeah, well, you said it was from one of the kings or, or Proverbs or something. This is an Indian proverb, okay? <laughs> and, then, and then he goes, okay. So he takes that counsel. Wow, Elisha not shutting off his cell phone. Sorry about that. And then he goes and he gets counsel from a ton of people his own age. I think it's like Rehoboam or something. And they say, no, you need to say, if my father was hard on you, I'm going to be 10 times harder. I'm going to whip you with the cat of nine tails. I'm going to take everything you've got. And he listens to the counsel of the people who are his age. And I think there's, it was obviously bad counsel. And I think that there's a warning in that where we can always find someone who agrees with us. So this isn't like go to your buddy that also hates his parents and doesn't talk to them and be like, I'm going to do this. And they're like, yeah, do that. And you're like, yeah, you know, Hmm. and it's like a bloodbath. That's not going to help maintain the relationship. Um, Or is it going to produce the best results for you anyways. No, like it's probably not just, even the wisest counsel. No, it's terrible. Um, I think honestly, Elisha and I had counsel like that when we went to get married and we had some people tell us, Hey, you don't need your dad's blessing. He's never going to give you his blessing. Anyways, just go get married and he'll get over it. But you look at like who was giving that counsel and it they didn't have the results that we wanted. Yeah. They didn't have a good relationship with their in-laws or their parents or their parents. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, well, why would I take counsel from someone like that? Yeah. Were they, Christ- even though it agreed with like what I wanted, what my pride wanted. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes. And they were Christians and they, you know, yeah, they, they were people that we felt like we, they were in our corner for us, you know? Yeah. And, but then you step back and you're like, that's not actually what we, that's not, we don't want what you have. You here. don't want that. So like, just when we are seeking counsel, it doesn't mean find people that agree with us. It means go to people that have the fruit we want, like t- find an older couple that still has good relationship with their kids and ask them how they would feel if you approach the situation this way, or maybe like even, even if you're confident in the decision you're making decision, you're making, sorry, go and ask, okay, if I present it to my parents this way, is it going to come across this way? How can I soften the blow of this? You know, I know they're going to take it hard or something like that. You know, just go to people who have healthy relationships that are either parent, child or child, parent, or sibling to sibling, you know, whatever your, your specific struggle is where you're trying to lay the boundary. Mm And hear from them. And it's the same with marriage. It's the same with all these things. Yeah. And that's so crazy, Katie, because like I said, I, I want to even make an addendum to my statement of like, you you know what's best for your child, uh, you know, even more so than a lot of times you're the grandparents of your children. Um, but it's like, I say that and Kate and I are constantly seeking counsel from our family. Like, yeah, our like parents a lot. I'm, I'm talking about the, the decision that's made, like taking ownership of the decision and being able to say, okay, I'm going to make a decision that I'm living with. My, my dad's not living with this decision. My mom or my in-laws, they're not living with this decision. I'm going to live with this decision. I'm going to own this decision. And do I see counsel from, from them? Absolutely. But then I'm the one that's got to feel peace in making the decision. And that's what I mean yes. by like, knowing best, like, you know, when you've got peace about a decision and you know, when you don't have peace about a decision, but and it's especially like, as you're in tune to the Holy spirit and you're seeking him and you're praying together and you know, it's like, do you feel that sick feeling in your stomach when you're going to do something? Yes. And you know, you're appeasing people, but it's not what you feel is best, you know, but just to the, what you're saying on like seeking counsel and seeking advice, it, you know, 
a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, as they say. So I'm not saying that you can never get sound and wisdom and sound advice from people that don't maybe have the fruit that you want in, a, yeah. in that area. But it just seems like such a... It's a gamble. It's a gamble. It and I feel like if you're able to find somebody that actually has the fruit that you're looking for in regards to marriage, in regards to parenting your children, uh, take to heart their counsel. And that Katie and I both have that in our parents. They have fruitful, healthy, romantic, long-lasting marriages. They've got children that are raised and walking with the Lord and raising godly grandchildren. We would be fools to not take their counsel to heart. Mm -hmm. That's different from letting them make the decisions for us. But we yes. still take their counsel to heart and then and then make our own decision with that. Yeah, they're our number one counselors. I would say we have a lot more experience with taking our parents' counsel than for getting counsel, wondering how to navigate a situation where we see differently. You know what I mean? We take... Did you understand what I meant? You're looking at me very confused. Yeah, maybe say it one more time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did I just say? Because you're looking at me like I'm crazy. We have a lot more experience with our parents being the ones who we're going to counsel for and wanting to hear their opinions of than we have had opportunity to make a decision differently than maybe what they would choose. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think so for sure. Um, um, and yet even in that, we've both had times where we disagree with our parents and there's people our age or our stage that we totally respect and that are great people that are just giving us every reason to not go with that counsel. You know, being like, oh, that's kind of crazy. You know, mm -hmm. well, you guys should do it this way or you guys need to make your own decision. So I just think it's so easy to fall into the like people, those friends that are tickling your ears, you know, like the Proverbs yes, say. Yes, for sure. And, and we're still young. So we're like definitely still learning this. And I mean, you guys know, but I just got to say it, we're doing it very imperfectly. So know that we're talking to ourselves here too. And something I would say, like going back to the main question though, which is like, how do you have those boundaries? Like we aren't victims to our families mm -hmm. and we're adults we can make decisions, we can make the right decision and we don't need to be forced anything into anything or pushed around. You can still love while having a boundary. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I think my heart in it is do your best. I would encourage you always family relationships. Like we said, they circle around. Mm -hmm. They're, they're never gone regardless of how much you want to make them exit your life. They're always going to be in your life. Mm -hmm. Even their absence is going to affect your life. So my encouragement would be, do your best to keep the relationship while holding the boundary, mm -hmm. uh, not at the expense of the boundary. Yes. Because I would say that even with our, um, our, our great, amazing families with big families, there's also big culture and big opinions yeah. and big dog piling too. Cause if you have like a bunch of siblings doing something this way, then it's really easy to feel like, well, I need to be doing something this way. Or why are you being the weirdo doing something different? You know, there's a lot of group think and mm -hmm. all that. And there's a lot of pressure, like just peer pressure within your family. So that's awesome. I think Elisha and I both experienced that when you're growing up and you, ha you're a teen and you have the peer pressure of like your sister right next to you, who's going to like ball you out if you do something dumb and then you have the peer pressure of your friend who's like do the dumb thing it's like yeah. ah, I it have to live with my blessing. sister you know yeah. like it's a huge blessing so it can really keep you uh but there we've definitely had to work at this too to have our own family culture um so it's not something that we have not experienced at all oh yeah and i think too anytime you get a critical 
heart towards your family or towards anyone. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times people are receiving so much from their family that they're not willing to, to give up and they're scared that they're going to lose that if they pull away and form their own family. And like, for, for example, it's like, oh, if you feel this pressure to do this, this, and this, and this, and then you'd like hear more, you know, they're talking about their in-laws or their parents. And it's like, yeah, well, well, yeah, they watch our kids on four days a week and yeah. for three hours a day, or they always yeah. take the kids on this day. And, and you're kind of like, okay, so they're like serving you guys big time. And like, they're giving a ton of their life. And maybe you're nervous about losing that blessing of like, free child you care or like willing it's kind of like government frankly yes yes it's, it's <laughs> you have to be willing if you want to be independent you have to be willing to handle the independence yeah exactly that's exactly right um and and so again i'm not saying that's everybody's scenario but i do think that that can be a scenario that plays out where where the the parents or the in-laws are basically like a huge support but there is this like fly in the pudding of whatever, you know, they, they listen to this music when your kids are over or every time you pick them up, they, they have an opinion on how your kids are learning or not learning or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And you're you're going to have to be willing to say, Hey, I'm going to bring my kids home and raise them myself. And if you're going to, you know, you have to make those hard decisions too, where sometimes it's not comfortable for you to make that decision or like move out of town where you don't have family support where you can go over all the time. Like, so you have to weigh those. Yes. And, and, um, when you see the critical, you see everything through that light. Yes. And so I'm not saying that there aren't some situations where you definitely need to like, like it's a danger and Mm -hmm. you're the wall of protection for your home. But then there's also times where Elisha and I have both found, like if you want to pick apart a human, you can always pick apart. Oh yeah. Just start. Yeah. Get your, pickaxe out and Except just for apparently Daniel in the Bible. So props to him. Good for Daniel. But yeah, that's not, that's not our case. Yeah. And so we got to be careful too. Cause Elisha and I have sometimes when we've taken an issue with a parent and the way they've done something, we just like rant and rant and find more fuel to our fire. And mm-hmm. it's like, you either need to have a conversation or do something about that or move on <laughs> and choose to see them for the blessing that they are, you know? So <laughs> Guess what, Katie? The kiddos are waking up. They are. They're coming it's, out. It is. It is nap time, yes. and nap time is over. So it's over. So the pot. So this episode is over. Good news for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.